From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith, and I'm delighted to welcome you today to this time we spend together here at this time in the day, every day, five days a week on this station, and I'm delighted that you're along today. If you're someone who has become a regular, you're a part of our family of friends, we're thankful that you've joined us as you do each day. But if you've just found us, well, welcome aboard. We're glad to welcome you to Making a Difference and to our ministry here at the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries. I trust that you'll join us every day that you possibly can. Right now, we're looking at some questions in the Bible that raise issues that people are raising every single day out across the world today. And uh, we've looked at uh, one of those already, and today we're going to look at the one that's found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, and it really is the question where Jesus said, whereunto shall I liken this generation? It's a question we need to have an answer to, and we'll get right to that study almost immediately. Let me remind you that come July, the 18th through the 21st of July, our National Sword of the Lord Conference will be in North Carolina at Walkertown. there in the Winston-Salem area. It's a free conference. Everybody's a walk-in, no advance registration. But people come from all over the world and from all across North America to be a part of the great National Sword of the Lord Conference each year. And I trust you'll put it on your docket and plan to be with us as well. Now, let's look at our text today in Matthew chapter 11, verse number 16. Jesus said, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. So what we're looking at here is a question where Jesus is just saying, This generation is something that I need to have a way to express to you what they're into, and what they are not doing. You see, the generation of the early first century, the time while Jesus was here, that generation was neither mature nor wise. They were rather like children in that much of their behavior was immature and unwise, much like our current generation. Now, when Jesus said, uh, how can I express this to you? How can I compare this generation so you get the picture? You know what he said? He said it's like children who are playing weddings and playing funerals. That's what that passage is talking about when it talks about uh, piping and dancing and mourning and lamenting. It's talking about children acting out weddings and acting out funerals and doing the things that they've seen other people do, but it's not real. It's an imaginary situation that children are doing as they act out their fantasies. I remember when I was a boy, the neighboring children on a, an adjoining farm, we would play together a lot, and often we would get together and play church. We would set up a little scenario, and every time I had the privilege to be the preacher, I don't know why that happened, but I did, and somebody else would lead a song, and we played church. It wasn't like real church, but it was something we did. It was a game. And so it is here. He's saying the people of his generation were like children who were playing weddings and playing funerals. They weren't really doing it, but it was all imaginary. 
Now, in many ways, our current generation is playing at things that they ought to be very serious about. I look at the generation where I live here in America. Many, many people are rejecting the heritage that they have been handed. Many, many godly things have been passed down from one generation to another, and yet it is being rejected. We have people that are working hard to revise the history of our country and to literally obliterate every good, positive thing and to write in all of the tragic things that they can to make it as ugly as they possibly can. Those same people are resisting authority. It's like nobody's going to tell them what to do. They're going to do what they want to do, and they are not listening to anyone. And in the process of all of that, we have to acknowledge they are rejecting God. They have turned away from Christ and the gospel. They do not want to hear it. They do not want to acknowledge that they are hell bound, that they need a Savior, that they are sinners desperately in need of forgiveness. They cannot see that. They just do not believe any of that. And so they repudiate the Bible. They do everything they can to disenfranchise every little piece in the Bible. I mean, attempt to disenfranchise it. The Bible's truth, whether they believe it or not, but they do everything they can to try to smear and to make it appear that it's not true. And in the process, they are repositioning themselves, and that's showing up in every phase of our society. That repositioning is showing up economically, it's showing up politically, it's showing up socially, it's showing up morally, and it's showing up spiritually, because they are refusing to cope with reality, and they refuse to cope with the consequences of their behavior. So when Jesus said, whereunto shall I liken this generation? How can I explain this generation? How can I do something that will really get the picture painted well that'll tell you what this generation is about? And that's when he said they're like children playing in the markets, and they're calling into their fellows, and they're saying, oh, let's play wedding, let's play funerals, and it's that kind of a thing. Now, children are cute. We all know that. Children are cute, but listen, they are born with a sin nature. They literally are little sinners the day that they're born, and that's the reason why you'll not have to teach them to lie or to steal or to do other ugly things. They're going to do that on their own because they are sinners from the get-go, from day one, from the time you see their little faces in the crib there in the hospital nursery. I'm telling you, the little ones are are sinners. Now, what does that mean? How does that shake out in reality? Well, they're self-willed. They are self-willed. They have themselves on the throne of their life, and they really are going to resist letting anybody else have charge of them. And children are easily distracted. Now, follow the plan here. Follow the analogy that Jesus gave. So many people in this generation are self-willed, and so many people are distracted. They're looking at things they ought not to look at. They are giving attention to things that ought not to be attended at all, easily distracted. Children love toys. And oh my, this generation, man, we are in love with our toys. Everything imaginable, whatever new comes out, we've got to have at least one of it. I mean, we just can't imagine that the Joneses and the Browns and the Johnsons and whoever else are going to outdo us. I mean, they've all got whatever it is, and we're going to have that as well. And the fact that we have to pursue all of these trivial pursuits, all of that costs money. And so we have to work and we can't go to church on Sunday because we're having to take a second or a third job. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, this whole matter, it's like children's play. You know, children are totally dependent. 
They really are. They're looking to somebody else for whatever it is that they need. And we have a growing population of people that are not attempting, even trying to sustain themselves. They're just looking to the government. They're looking to society and saying, feed me and clothe me and take care of me. Now, we all are willing. We all are absolutely on board to help folks that are helpless. But many people are not helpless. They are just pleading helplessness when they could be making their own way. And that's children's play all over again. You know, children do not see danger like they ought to see it. They sometimes are fearful, but yet they will walk right out into traffic. Sometimes they'll walk up and touch a dangerous animal. All kinds of things. They do not see the danger. And this generation does not realize the danger that it's in when it plunders morally and when it plunders spiritually, it does not seem to see the danger. Children are unhappy with authority. They resist their parents. They resist the school teacher. Uh, they create grief uh, when they come to church. I mean, all kinds of things that children do simply because they are sinners and they are not in line with God and they're bucking authority and just doing every kind of a thing that their self-will dictates that they want to do. Now, here's the thing, dear friend. Children must be confronted. They must be confronted. We need to let it be known. Children need to understand they're lost and on their way to hell. They may be as cute as they can be, but until they get themselves right with God, get themselves saved, they're in jeopardy, and they need to understand that. When they can understand the truths of the gospel, they need to have them explained to them. And in the same way, this generation that is playing like a child and not actually behaving like an adult. This generation plundering its way toward hell. This generation needs to be confronted with the gospel. We need to face on with people and let them know that there is a hope, there is help, there is a way that they can get themselves straightened out. And whenever we confront people, the Lord can conquer them. He can get charge of them. And when we allow the gospel to be given, the Spirit of God works with that, and it enables people to come to the Savior and be born again and be birthed into the family of God. And once people have been confronted, the Lord has conquered them, then you and I have the privilege of coaching them. We have the Bible. We have a head start on them because we've been saved for a while. We've been reading the Bible. Thus, we can do some coaching along the way. Now, I just remind you, it is important even though the generation that we live in may be acting like children, I remind you there's another passage in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13 where the Bible says, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And that's my challenge today, dear friends. Let's quit playing church. Let's quit playing with all of the things that we ought to be really giving full attention to. Let's quit being children and let's decide that we're going to walk with God in the kind of way that demonstrates that indeed we have reached some degree of adulthood. Children should grow up. And you and I in this generation need to be advocating. We need to be standing up tall and encouraging people to go ahead and grow up and be an adult. And listen, when we do that, work is going to replace play. Now, everybody likes to play a little bit. Everybody enjoys some playtime, but that ought not to be the dominant thing in your life. Work ought to basically replace play. Children play all the time, and adults have to go to work in order to make a living and in order to achieve things that they want to achieve. Work replaces play. Responsibility becomes real whenever we get to be an adult. And I'm telling you, all across this nation, 
We have people that are on playtime morally, on playtime spiritually, and they need to instead get responsible with themselves and become real, give God his proper place, and when they do, their behavior will be becoming to them, and it will be becoming to God. All at once, they'll have a testimony that reflects that God is very real in their life, and they're following him, they're walking with him. And I'm telling you, when people begin to do that, they're going to make a dent. They're going to make an impression. They're going to have influence that is influence for good. Any time we borrow influence from God, we are going to be able to contribute influence for good among every everybody that we touch. We're going to be able to help our family. We're going to be able to help people at work. We're going to be able to help people out and about everywhere we go simply because that we have allowed the Lord to grow us up and get us out of that childish stage. I'm telling you what a blessing it is to know the Savior and to know that He can take us from all of this child's play and take us to a whole new level, a whole new dimension of living, and that's what you need. And the Lord can help you with that, and that's why we encourage you. Get saved. Come to Christ. Receive the blessed Savior and allow Him to be in charge in your life and give you direction. Get a good solid Bible, get a King James Bible and begin to read out of the text every single day and the Lord will do some good things in your life. So where and to shall I liken this generation? Well, let's be sure that we're not falling into that trap. All right, God bless you. Thank you for being along today. I would love to hear from you. So if you're hearing the broadcast and the Lord's using it to be a blessing in your life, write me a note, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email is radio at swordofthelord.com. And I would encourage you as well to check out our website at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, dear friend, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now. Oh,